0: Way City Church, located in Woodbridge, Virginia, is led by Pastor Marlon Yearwood and exists to reach the lost and disciple the believer. First Chronicles sixteen and verse thirty-four says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Colossians 3:15 and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Colossians 3 and verse 17 and whatever you do in word or in deed do all in the name of Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And Colossians 4 and verse 2, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Continue earnestly in prayer being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. So what is it that we could possibly be talking about this morning? What do you think we're speaking about this morning? (laughs) Thanksgiving, giving thanks. We, I have not forgotten about uh, Ephesians chapter 6. We do have um, our last um, piece of the armor uh, the sword of the spirit, which we will get to, but it will be a while from now. But I wanted to pause today and I wanted us to give thanks to the Lord and to spend um, a little extra time in worship, but also giving thanks unto the Lord. Let me begin by giving you some biblical expressions of worship. There are 11 different um, Hebrew words for praise in the Old Testament, but there are seven main Hebrew words that are consistent all throughout the Old Testament scriptures, and I'm going to highlight and give the definitions of those seven Hebrew words this morning. So the first one is Todah, and and Todah means a, a thanksgiving procession or company. This is a thanksgiving choir. And again, these are the main um, seven Hebrew words for uh, worship or, or, or thanksgiving in the Old Testament. The first one is toda, a thanksgiving procession or company. This is a thanksgiving choir. The next one is barah, which is to kneel in thanksgiving. Barah to kneel in thanksgiving. The next one is tehillah, to sing a song of thanksgiving. Tehillah, to sing a song of thanksgiving. The next one is halal. Now, halal is to give boastful thanks to the point Of making yourself foolish Halal This is to give boastful thanks to God To the point of making yourself foolish This is to act madly Or to act like a madman That's exactly how it's translated Halal This is boastful thanksgiving Unto the Lord To the point where you are clamorously foolish to the point where you act like a madman. In Psalm 150, which is probably my my favorite um, praise psalm, Praise 150 is committed and dedicated to halal worship. Let's look at it real quick. So Psalm 150 is praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty firmament. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalm 150 is committed and dedicated to halal worship. Thirteen times in Psalm 150, we see the word praise. And each and every time that we see the word praise in Psalm 150, it is translated halal. Giving thanks like a madman to the point of making yourself a so it's saying here Psalm 150 as we look at it again it's saying give thanks like a madman to the Lord give thanks like a madman to God in his sanctuary give thanks like a madman to him in his mighty firmament give thanks like a madman for his mighty acts give thanks like a madman for his Excellent greatness. And, and when you look at these things for his, for his mighty acts, it's, it's because of something. When you look at his mighty acts, when you look at his excellent greatness, you can do nothing, the psalm is telling us, but halal. When you, when you understand his mighty acts, when you understand and you comprehend His excellent greatness, Psalm 150 is saying that halal is the response when you comprehend it, when you truly comprehend it. Verse 3, Give thanks like a madman with the sound of the trumpet, make a joyful noise. Give thanks like a madman with the lute and harp. Give thanks like a madman with the timbre and dance. Give thanks like a madman with stringed instruments and flutes. Give thanks like a madman with loud cymbals. Give thanks like a madman with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath give thanks to him like a madman to the point of making yourself a fool. And make yourself a fool before the Lord. Are you guys following with me so far? Giving thanks to the point of making yourself a fool basically means that you are more God-conscious than you are self-conscious. Giving thanks to God to the point where it makes you like a fool basically means that you are more God-conscious in your worship than you are self-conscious. The majority of American Christians today, I would say that they are more self-conscious in worship than they are God conscious They're they're very self conscious And more so They're more self conscious Than they are God conscious King David's First wife was a woman by the name Of Mikal. And Mikal was the um, Second, the youngest daughter Of Saul, Saul had two daughters And she was the youngest one And when David brings back the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem in 2 Samuel chapter 6, the Bible says that in verse 16 that David danced with all his might before the Lord and that his wife despised him in her heart. We're then told that Michal, the the daughter of Saul, she came out to meet him And she said this to him. She said in 2 Samuel 6.20, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half-naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. And David rebuked Mekah. They had just rescued the Ark of the Covenant which represented the the presence of God. And he had brought it back home to Jerusalem, and he was excited. And that was his natural response. It wasn't a performance. It was his natural response. And the Bible says that his wife looked at him and despised him in her heart. David rebuked Mekah, and then the final verse of the chapter notes that Mekah was barren. That's how that chapter ends. But moving on, number five, we're speaking about the Hebrew, the seven main Hebrew words for worship, thanksgiving, in the Old Testament. Number five, Yada, which is to throw your hands out and away intensively basically to give thanks with extended hands these are these are the 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 actual hebrew translations so yada to give thanks to give praise to give worship yada is literally to throw your hands out and away intensively it's to extend your hands giving thanks. The next one is zamal. This is to give thanks with a musical instrument. This is just to have the guitar in your hand and you're just, you're just giving thanks through the instrument. You're just worshipping him through the instrument. This is a form of worship and then we have Shabbat, which is to give thanks with a loud tone. Shabbat. To give thanks with a loud tone. Now, all of these Hebrew, biblical expressions of worship is about giving thanks. It's all about giving thanks. Thanks to the Lord. And it's clear through the different definitions that we read that there are different ways to give thanks. So I want to make that clear this morning. There are different ways to give thanks. So I'm not trying to get everyone in the room to, to, to halal. Right? That's not the goal. The goal is not to get you all to halal. Right? But the goal is to get you to express Worship to God that comes from the heart to express it. That is the goal. All of these definitions of worship is to do with expression. So you don't have to halal, you don't have to shabbat, you don't have to be loud, you don't have to do it like a madman, but you have to express it somehow. Maybe it is... Maybe it is extended hands Maybe it is bowing before him Maybe it is with a loud tone Maybe it's different things at different times Maybe you can't just say Well this is how I worship him Maybe in different seasons of your life You should be doing all of these How many times does the Bible say That David danced before the Lord like a madman? I only know of one. So maybe different seasons of your life demands different responses or expressions of worship. But the goal is to express your worship to God. Worship that does not flow from the heart is not worship. But also, worship unexpressed is not worship. Worship is to be expressed. Amazingly, Psalm one hundred and verse four actually has has four of the seven Hebrew words that we just spoke of within one verse. Psalm one hundred and verse four. Brittany read Psalm one hundred this morning. But we're going to look at verse 4 real quick. And again, verse 4 has four of the seven Hebrew words we just spoke of within one verse. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, which is todah. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, which is todah, a thanksgiving choir. And into his courts with praise, tehillah, a song of Thanksgiving. Be thankful, Yadda, with extended hands to him and bless Barah. Kneel or bow to his name. Let me simplify it with the Hebrew words Enter into his gates with a choir and into his courts with a song. Be extending your hands to him and bow before his name. We connect with God differently but express yourself before your God. Amen. Luke chapter 17 Let's turn over here in Luke 17:11 through 19. We'll go through this. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem. Verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God, except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Verse 12 Then, as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. In verse 12, this is a great, great imagery of both Jesus coming to them and them coming to Jesus. Jesus enters a certain village, which is where they were, and there within that village, these men met Jesus. But it says they stood afar off, but Jesus met them where they were. James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Now, they, they stood afar off. Why? Because they were lepers. And they were not allowed to be around people. In Leviticus thirteen forty five. Now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn, and his head bare, and he shall cover his moustache, and cry, unclean, unclean. When he was around anyone, he would have to scream at the top of his lungs, unclean, unclean, so everyone around him knew that he was unclean. And the Bible speaks about even in Leviticus, even their homes would be torn down and removed. So they had no homes. They were supposed to be in, in quarantine. Leprosy was a kind of like coronavirus of the day, however, it wasn 't as, as contagious as coronavirus, and not as deadly as well, but it would disfigure and it would destroy so people uh, back then they didn 't know much about leprosy, kind of like again coronavirus today people don 't understand much about it, but these men, they were lepers, and they stood. Far off in verse 13, and then they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. How many of them lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us? All of them. Thank you. It's amazing how they knew to lift up their voices to get the attention of Jesus and to receive their healing, but they did not know how to lift up their voices to thank Him. They knew how to lift up their voices to get His attention and to receive their healing, but they did not know how to lift up their voices and to thank Him. And I want to ask you, how many times do you ask the Lord to even just cover you and protect you as you go to work or as you're driving or as you're riding on your motorcycle, as you're on the bus, as you're on the train? How many times as you fly, as you're on boats, how many times do you ask the Lord to to cover you and protect you each and every single day on your journey and then you arrive there safely? And then you get along your business without thanks. How many times do you do that? Lord, protect me, cover me, keep me safe, take me there safely. And then you arrive and you just go along your business without any kind of gratitude or thankfulness. How many times do we do that? And I would say to you, I would say, how dare you make noise to receive miracles? yet be silent when miracles manifest. How dare you? Make noise to receive miracles, but then be silent when the miracles manifest. Verse 14, so when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus' response here is amazing. Go, show yourselves to the priests. More than likely, the priests would have been the ones that diagnosed them before with the condition of leprosy. And now the only reason why they're going back to the priests is for them to confirm their healing. And when Jesus says, go, show yourself, You must understand that at this point, they're still leprous in every single way. For the Bible says they were healed as they went. So Jesus says, go show yourself to the priests, but they still have leprous bodies. And this is really an amazing uh, faith lesson because they had to begin a journey with leprous bodies. Bodies, but faith filled hearts. They had to begin their journey with leprous bodies. Jesus says, Go show yourself. And they're beginning a journey with leprous bodies in the direction of the priests, but they have faith filled hearts. And as they went, they were cleansed, and not before. Someone say, Not before. Obedience is key. Worship is an expression of thankfulness. And miracles precedes thankfulness. So what precedes miracles? Obedience. Obedience is what precedes miracles. Jesus said, go show yourself to the priests and as they went, they were healed and if they did not go, there would be no miracle. Go show yourself to the priests made no sense because they were not healed yet. But it was obedience. You don't have to understand to walk in obedience. You don't have to Understand to walk in obedience. But if you walk in obedience, you will understand. As they went, the Bible says. So obedience precedes miracles. Remember God told Moses when he was before the Red Sea, he, he said what, lift up your rod. It was only after he lifted up his rod that the Red Sea parted. God said to the priests as they were going through the promised land and they came to the Jordan and the Jordan was, flood, was flooded, God said to them, put your, put your feet in the water. Now they could have said, okay, well, well, let the floodwaters subside and then I'll put my foot in a shallow pool of water, but no, the waters were high and God said, place your feet in the water. And as they put their foot in the water, the water parted and they crossed the Jordan. Elisha told Naaman to dip seven times, a man who was leprous, dip seven times in the Jordan. And Naaman was angry and upset. But when he went and he did it, at the advice of his servant, said, Master, you have nothing to lose. He went and he did it, and the miracle came, Jesus said to a man with a withered hand, stretch out your hand. You have to understand, that could be a little bit insensitive. To tell someone who has a withered hand to stretch forth their hand, you could say is insensitive, Jesus. You can see that his hand is withered, why would you tell him to stretch it out? He can't stretch it out. But he did obedience. We also see Peter and John when they saw the, the beggar at the gate of the temple called Beautiful. And he was begging and they said, silver and gold we do not have, but what we have we give to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Rise up and walk. And he got up and he walked. This was obedience. Obedience produces faith. Faith produces miracles. Miracles produce thankfulness. And thankfulness produces worship. And you will not worship if you are not thankful. Verse 15, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice. Shabbat. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God. And I was thinking to myself here, what do you do when Jesus is behind you but your dreams and your goals are ahead of you? The other nine, they just continued pursuing their dreams and their goals. They were healed and they just continued forward. But one man said, no way. I'm going back. And he made the journey back to Jesus. The truth is, he really didn't even know where Jesus would be. Probably not. But he went and looked for Jesus and found him to give him thanks. And Jesus will never understand your lack of thankfulness. He will never understand it He said where were the other nine Where are they And he will never understand Our lack of thankfulness And there is absolutely no Excuses for our lack of Thankfulness What if these men What if some of these lepers were Married and had children And they hadn't seen them for years And they were healed So they ran straight home their families. Not justified. Jesus will never understand. You can create as many excuses as you want, but he will never understand your lack of thankfulness. Priority was to go back and give him thanks and to give him praise. Now let me say this too. Sometimes we we praise him or we thank him in the moment. This man who came back and he found Jesus. Let's say 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years had passed. And let's say this man, he's, he's lived his life. He's done well in life. He's become successful in life. Has grandchildren. Let's say he sees Jesus again in the open square. Would it still be right for him to praise him and thank him with a loud voice? Or would we say that's that's past? What do you think? It would still be right. Do you know why? Because, Because this man owes the past 30 years of life to Jesus. So every time he's in the presence of Jesus he should thank him. Every single time. Regardless of how much time passes by. Amen? But only one returned to give thanks. Only one returned. I want to ask you if you've been forgiven today. As I was thinking of this man's response, I was thinking in Luke seven thirty-six through 50, Jesus uh, shares a story and a parable uh, about a certain creditor who had two debtors. And verse 41 and verse 42 of Luke 7 says this, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. And he's speaking to Simon, and he says, Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Hmm? Interesting. And then, later on in the chapter, in verse um, 47, he speaks, and he says, Therefore I say to you, speaking of of the woman who uh, poured out her alabaster flask of, of oil upon the feet of Jesus, Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved Much, But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. And I was thinking to myself as I was meditating upon this, some people just don't understand how much they've been forgiven. Obviously, the one who's been forgiven 500 denarii is going to be more thankful than the one who's been forgiven 50. But the truth is, in Christ Jesus, in this parable, we've all been forgiven 500 denarii. And even more so in Christ Jesus. But some of us don't see our sin as that weighty. We're like, yeah, I've been forgiven, yeah. Yeah, he's forgiven me. You know, 50. But this woman who, who was a sinner, the Bible said, and she knew it. She loved much. And she came and she and she poured out her livelihood at Jesus' feet. And the people in the room, they didn't understand it. And Jesus said, because she's been forgiven much, and she knows it. So she loves much. If you've been forgiven much, you will love much, and you will worship much. And if you don't understand how much you've been forgiven then your worship will be minimal and your thankfulness to him will be minimal. Verse 16, we see the Samaritan. Here the Bible says a, the Samaritan is the one here that came back and the implication is that this was the only Samaritan and the only foreigner in the story. So the rest would have been Jews and there are a couple profound factors here. Number one, it's always interesting to me and it never ceases to amaze me how pain can unite the most unlikely of individuals. We had a Samaritan leper that was around the, the other lepers, the, the Jewish lepers. The, the Samaritan and they, and they all walked together because their pain united them and it's also interesting to me that the ones who knew to do the right thing the ones that were healed, the ones that were Jewish and they were healed by a Jew never came back to give him thanks but the one Samaritan who was healed by the Jew came back and sought him out found him and gave him thanks Verse 17, so Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Verse 18, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And in conclusion, verse 19, and he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Jesus said to the one who returned, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And the word for well here is sozo, which means completely whole. All ten people, all ten lepers were cleansed. But only one was made completely whole. He was saved. He was delivered from the penalties of judgment. He was rescued from destruction, saved from eternal suffering. He was completely rescued. Only one. Nine were cleansed. One was made whole, and that was the one who came back to give thanks, and he was saved. Obedience produces faith. Faith produces miracles. Miracles produce thankfulness. And thankfulness produces worship. Amen? One returned, he gave thanks, and he was. Eternally blessed. I want to ask you today, for you who are in this room and for you who are online, are you so-so? Have you been made whole? Are you saved? And if you are not, then it's very difficult for you to understand gratitude and thankfulness. Very, very difficult. But I want you to know that Jesus Christ came to earth, that He lived a perfect life, a sinless life. And He came here not for Himself, but He came here specifically for You who are listening today. And he died upon a cross. Not for his sins, because he had none, but for your sins. For you were deserving of death and eternal condemnation. So he died in your place, but not only did he die, but he also rose again. To prove to you that he has victory over death. To prove to you that if you put your faith and your trust and your confidence in him, then just as he rose, that you also will rise again after death. And all he needs from you today is for you to acknowledge that you are a sinner. For you to acknowledge that he is the savior, the one who died and rose again for you. And he says, call upon me this day and you will be so-so. You will be saved and you will be made whole. The greatest miracle in this story is not the miracle of the ten lepers that were healed. But it's the miracle of the one leper that was saved. That's the greatest miracle of the story. So salvation has come to you today, and my charge to you is to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Amen. Amen. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at the waycitychurch.org.